Hi, Jim Kosho here from Dunn Lumber. Welcome to the Dunn Solutions Podcast, where we're committed to providing cutting-edge industry knowledge for the building contractor and trade professional. Today we'll hear from a panel of remodeling experts. Between them, they have seen it all. They will share stories of how they got started, discuss the current state of the industry, and offer insight on what the future may hold for a qualified professional remodeler. They say to know where we're going, we must first understand where we've been. We hope this podcast will help you understand the past so you can increase your chances of a more successful future. This podcast features Donna Shirey, owner of Shirey Home Pro, Gary Potter, owner of Potter Construction, Joseph Irons, president and general manager of Irons Brothers Construction, Michael Bogan, founder and owner of JM Bogan Remodeling, and Michael Tenholzen, director of Tenholzen Residential. For more information on attending future educational events, feel free to email me at jimc at dunlumber.com. So I've, I've got some questions. And uh, we're going to start with how, how you got started remodeling. Uh, when and how did you find the MBA? And what did the RFC do for you specifically? Okay. <laughs> I actually started out in, in new construction in the early 70s. But then it was the late 70s that, that, that first, um, pardon me? Oh, yeah, it was, it was a, I, I started in new construction in the early 70s, and then in the late 70s had my first opportunity to, to actually do some, some remodel, and it was um, historical restoration. That, that, that gave me my, my, my first real opportunity to, to, to remodel, and they, they were doing, um, restoring the old uh, homes in the Letter Street neighborhoods in Bellingham. And that's where I really, really cut my teeth with um, um, restoration and, and, and remodel. Um, <clears throat> so my introduction to the MBA was through Jack and Pat Tenhalsen about 1984, and I think I, I, think I joined in, in 85, somewhere in there. Um, and the third question was, what has the MBA done for me? What has the Remodelers <laughs> Council oh, done remodelers for you? Council. What did it look like wow. before the Remodelers Council? Okay. And what did it look like after the Remodelers Council? Well, uh, <coughs> yeah. we, we need to clarify the Remodelers Council was started in 1958. Yeah, well, yes. What did it look like before your involvement and after your involvement? Oh, <laughs> what did it do for yeah. you personally? We brought it down. <laughs> <laughs> Way down. <laughs> well, I think for me, it, 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 it gave me a, um, a boost. It really did. It, um, to, to have the opportunity to... <coughs> To learn from, um, um, I, th there were actually some pretty good mentors. Your, your, your folks, your folks, um, I, I love your, your folks. They're, they're great. Um, I'd come to a remodeler's function, and I would leave with something that I could, that I could implement the very next day. Um, little tidbits of wisdom. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I began over, over time to, to heed the uh, prophetic nature of uh, some of the things that Jack would, uh, would offer up. Um, one thing he said, uh, he said that um, he, was, he would warn about the next recession. And, and it, you know, we've, we've all experienced um, um, a few of those, um, actually more than a few. Um, but Jack would counsel us, he said, it, it, it's not always gonna be this way, so, so make hay while the sun shines and, 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 and save while you can. The other thing that I've, 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 I, I think we're seeing come to fruition today was, um, I think was very prophetic, Jack said that um, someday we'll be able to name our own fee. 
<laughs> and um, you know, back then, the, the folks like uh, like the Bladens, you know, they they they, they were they were trendsetters, and, and Bob would come to a, a remodelers council function, and he would say, "Charge more. We need to charge more." Um, so I did, I did, you know, slowly but surely, and I learned how to charge for my work. Um, you know, and another thing that Jack would say is he he he, he said that he he came to a conclusion early on that 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 he was not in business to pay for the privilege of working on other people's homes. You know, and that was an eye-opener for me. I had, uh, uh, <coughs> um, you know, I, 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 I've always had a tendency to go the extra mile and give, and, and, and sometimes give, give a little too much. And, and uh, um, I, I took that one to heart, and that's, uh, that uh, has set me in a good place uh, ever since. I appreciate that. Um, I'll pass the mic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about Donna? We'll come, we'll come back to you younger folks. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> so when I, called Donna, I gotta tell you this, when I called Donna and asked her to, uh, to take part in this, I asked her to speak on remodeling in the 90s. And she goes, Brandon, do you know how old I am? <laughs> I said, absolutely not. <laughs> well, you know what I've learned is age is just a number. So I want to tell you a little bit about how I got not only into the Remodelers Council, but into construction. Because I started out as a, a physical education teacher in the Highline School District. And uh, that was with, uh, well, my first husband and I formed a company. We had built a house on Lake Sammamish, and we said, gosh, let's do it again. We really liked it. So we formed a company, and I'm going to fast forward. That was like uh, 1971, and we're going to fast forward to 1987 when I came into Riley's company. So he was a college-educated carpenter and started a business on his own. Well, he always wanted me in his business, and I said, oh, no, 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 I've been married to a contractor before, and I don't want to do that again. Well, Riley was a very different person than my first husband. So after the appropriate amount of begging, I decided to join his company. And uh, at the time, he had a helper, and he was working out of his 1971 Volkswagen bus. So when I came into the company, first of all, that bus was not our image. His company was called Eclipse Construction. That was not our image. So we had to change the name. And um, we transformed one of our bedrooms in our house into an office. And we put an exterior door because we thought it was important to not have it a part of the house. That was an, uh, uh, an exterior door was needed. So that's what we did. And I bought office furniture or office equipment. I got a copier and a fax machine, and he said, oh my God, she's going to bankrupt us. And I said, no, this is what we need to be a real company. So the other question was, what about a computer? So I had a neighbor that was a pretty fantastic woman, business owner. I went over to see her and I said, Carmen, should we get computerized? She goes, as fast as you can. So that was uh, when we started out with a little lunchbox. Have you ever heard of a lunchbox computer? 
cutest little thing. It was about this big, about this wide, and you took the one side off, and it was a keyboard, and it exposed the screen. So it had a handle on top, and they called it a portable. So I found a man named Charlie Barb, and Charlie would sit with me and teach me how to program DOS. Have any of you had to use DOS? This was before Windows. <laughs> Thank you for admitting that. <laughs> so um, Charlie sat with me and we created a series of cost codes for our estimating program. He did a great estimating program for me and we still use those same cost codes that Charlie and Barb and I used. So he used to call it Simba because it was Seattle Master Builders Association. And he said, you know, I think you do really well belonging to Simba. Little did we know what kind of an effect this was gonna have on our lives because it really was a big deal to join the Master Builders. Um, so they rebranded it to the Master Builders Association shortly after we joined. And um, boy, this membership has brought education, friendship, and lots of fun. The Remodelers Council used to do so many fun things. We would dress up. Who, 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 I, I was here, reminding you of this. I'm just, just a real quick. We're talking specifically about the council, so I was reminiscing with, with Donna earlier tonight, and the Remodelers Council started a lot of things that the MBA has since kind of taken on their own, one of which you may not have ever guessed would be the auction. The auction itself started at the Remodelers Council because we're yep. innovators, right? We come up with ways to make money for the association. So one way to promote the auction was that all the women who were involved in their businesses with their husbands would get up and do promotionary, uh, promotional type of uh, presentations. Mm -hmm. And one I remember the most was this, they did this can-can and they all had boas and their hair was all done up and all, <laughs> it was just adorable. And you know, it's that memorable stuff that reminds you of like the old days when we all used to kind of share and um, we'd share employees. Somebody would say, hey, I've, I've got a job that's not starting <laughs> for two weeks, can you take again. one of my guys? <laughs> I would say, yeah, but he won't come, he won't leave us. He, we can't give him back, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So um, the old camaraderie was something that I really reflected on, yeah. and, and you were great at that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Can I talk about the Rex Awards a little bit? Absolutely. Okay, so we have been involved for quite some time, and the one thing that I really remember that we did, the award used to be a big triangle that had Rex on it. So one year for the Rex Awards, we decided to build a huge triangle out of foam. So Riley, what did you have to do? Well, we, we... <coughs> I knew how to deal with foam because we did structural insulated panels a lot. Right. So these big foam pieces. So I cut this big giant triangle, it's about seven feet tall out of foam. And then uh, to make it gold in color, uh, gold paint was uh, uh, oil based, but it would eat the foam. So I had to totally coat the foam in drywall and then paint it with latex so we could paint it gold. And then we kept it in Ray Brand's attic every year. <laughs> Bring it back out to next year's Rex. And then getting it to the Rex was always a challenge. Yeah, a challenge, because it's seven feet tall, eight feet long. 
and it just fit inside of our 1991 Ford pickup truck with a rack. <laughs> And we didn't have to tie it or do anything, it just kind of fit in there. <laughs> and we'd drive it around, and it was, well, it was in this. Right here, yeah. yeah. Right there in the corner. <clears throat> so, another thing we did for the Rex Awards is, if you remember, in the early 90s, they had a piece of glass in that triangle shape, and then we had a chunk of Corian which was kind of a new product at that time. We thought, boy, that'd be great. <clears throat> well, little do we know that the only glue that will adhere glass to Corian is one that has to have uh, ultraviolet lights on, on it, which comes from the sun. So we put these all together in our garage, and it happened to be a very cloudy May. And the darn glue wouldn't set up. So. We got them all lined up in the garage, and we had to watch the weather, and we'd say, it's sunny out, open the garage door, which we did about five times before it actually set up. But, That's um, before they, they had the ultraviolet light. Could... Yeah. Before grow lights. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that, you know, you're growing your marijuana in the basement, you could also put these... Just call me. I want to share, you know? <laughs> Yeah, now that your glaucoma is better, you probably don't need those glasses anymore. That's right. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's a couple of my reminiscings about uh, the Remodelers Council. The other big thing is technology. And we used to go to the International Builders Show, and there were a bunch of us that used to go together. And everybody, every classroom had a handout. Well, we couldn't get to all the classrooms because we only went to a few classes, and we did, however, if you were near a classroom and there was another one that you wanted, you got the handout. So we went home with all these handouts. So then, in about 1994, uh, NHB put together, yeah, this is the compendium of all the handouts for all the programs for the uh, Remodelers Council and so you'd read it on the way home on the plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what I want to show you is we had that, and it all goes down to this. Right. We put it on this. I think this is one of the biggest things that's happened in our industry. Everything is getting smaller. And I can tell you two things. The first night that I had my very own cell phone, which was a large block that you, that you put in the car, I was going to see someone at night, which I don't do anymore, but uh, I got lost. And I, I've got my cell phone. And that was the first time I used it, and it paid for itself that night because I got to my appointment. Um, let's see. So what do you use this compendium for now? Door you know, it was really fun. I pulled that out, and I, you know, some of those people are still around. Yeah. I noticed McAdams. Is McAdams there. is in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some old folks in here. Oh, wow. look at that. Jack and Pat. So, Jack, Jack and Pat. So I remember collecting the CDs at the door, or you'd order them and you'd go to the store and you'd get them, and yeah. I have a stack of CDs that maybe That's, equals the height of this. Because yeah. you're younger. <laughs> right. But isn't that amazing? Oh, my God. Okay, that's, that's it for me, Gary. All right, thank you, Donna. Thank you. Can you take the continuum back? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Thank you, Donna. Uh, when I think back, I started my company, I uh, got out of college and I got a job and I had to wear a tie and I thought that was stupid. <laughs> so I put an ad in the church newsletter that said, fix a faucet for Christmas, handyman repairs that make home and holidays fun again and quit my job with the tie business and uh, <laughs> went out to, uh, went, I went to the kitchen drawer and took all the tools out and put them in my Volkswagen and drove to my Another first Volkswagen? Job. What year was yours? Mine was a 73 Volkswagen Super Beetle. Oh. <laughs> Her name was Booza. How you spell I was never sure. It's Lebanese for ice cream. Oh my. So uh, anyway, in, in those days, you know, marketing programs were direct mail, hard, hard pieces of paper, yellow pages, yellow pages. <laughs> Let me tell you, yellow pages were $1,700 a month for a little quarter page ad. Yeah, you could have a little display in it, but it was seventeen hundred a month. Wow! Um, and it was as thick as that compendium. Oh yeah. Well, you've all seen. Oh, you haven't. You haven't seen a yellow page. No, I know. Nowadays we go to house. It's uh, three hundred dollars a month, and we get a hundred leads off of it. So it's great. Accounting in those days. It was an economic check register with 10 columns, oh, yeah. 20 columns if you were a sophisticated company. <laughs> you had a uh, shoebox of receipts from the job. I only needed one shoebox because I only had one job at a time. <laughs> I remember going to a conference where they asked about how much volume you were doing. They meant, what was your revenue? I stood up and said, I am not doing enough to call it volume. <laughs> 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 All the articles in the uh, magazines were about how to hang up your tool belt, how to get <laughs> off the wall, they called it. And at the meetings of the Remodelers Council, we were trying to figure out how to start Rex, how to start Rampathon, how to start Remodel Home Tour, how to get things started. And we got them started. His dad and I were the first chairman of the Remodel Homes Tour. Remodel Homes Tour started something like this. It did. In it a did. boat. <laughs> we went around to uh, all the companies we knew in the Remodelers Council and said, give us 250 bucks. And then we went to the, the big board, you know, the guy, Joe, you were the chair a couple of years ago. President. You, yeah, the other, yeah, these are important people here. Um, <laughs> and we said, okay, we've got $2,500 that says we want to start a remodel home tour. Can we have your permission to do it? And they said, well, okay. <laughs> so that's been going on a long time. That was uh, 90, 91, 92? I can't remember. Somewhere in there. Uh, Lori, would you hold up the plaque? So the first Rex Award that I won was in 1987. That was the plaque. Yay, Gary. We have a lot of glass triangles in our office. 
And I no really flowers. like the new ones that are metal. Those are, they're, they're modern. They're dangerous. They're dangerous, yes. In those days, tools were heavy. They were really heavy. A man was a man. It reminds me of Game of Thrones and those guys wielding those big swords. Holy cow. They had cords too, right? And they had cords, <laughs> yes. They were, you were plugged in. That's why you didn't need to tie off. <laughs> no, no. No, that 30-pound that worm drive you had in your hand would just auger you right into the earth. There were no lights on the cords to tell you if the thing was alive or not either. Yeah. And there were no batteries. Batteries came along slowly, poorly, and in, 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 very expensively, and now, you know, we, we love them. So, um, some things, though, do stay the same. We were looking through old files, we found an agenda, 1999 Vimal Home Tour agenda, and the agenda items were budget, sponsors, ticket price, attendees, and volunteers. So, some things never change. <laughs> I got into the remodel, uh, Moriarty and Matson were a company out of Ballard, and they talked me into going to a conference with a guy named Walt Steppleworth, and he was the, he was the grandfather of remodeling. Um, just a, a wealth of knowledge, and he made it his job to go around the country and gather knowledge from all over, and then every time he showed up, he would, you would sit and listen to him for two days. And uh, he first told me, okay, you want to mark up your cost 50%. And I was dubious. <laughs> so the first time I bought his book on how to estimate, and when I got done estimating according to his book, the price was so high, I didn't mark it up at all, and I still made more money. And when I finally got to marking it up a decent amount, and 50% is a decent amount depending on how you define cost. So now we don't want to get into those details right now, but you want to make money, and that's the bottom line. Could I say something? So I just wanted to tell you Walter Stoppelworth was a fabulous man, and he taught me how to mark up so that we did make a profit. And that was a hard thing for a lot of us in the beginning. It, it was. It wasn't hard for Dunlumber, but it was hard for us. <laughs> well, you're talking about back when, before Mike Dunn was even born, right? <laughs> so, Walter Stoppelworth, remember that name? I still have my copy of his you book. Do. I do. Oh, yeah. I, I meant to bring it tonight yeah. because it's got all little, I, I mean, I've used it a lot. So. Home tech. Home tech. Home tech. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. So it was uh, a book, and you, you went through the book and you looked for the pages that had the information you want. So if you're going to, you know, change out a window into a French door, there was a demo section and how long it took and the, the cost of the uh, going to the dump and then cost of the door and putting in the header and blah, blah, blah. He broke it all down. Had his own set of numbers. Oh, it had nothing to do with CSI <coughs> or any of the uh, industry standards. It was 1 through 25. Yep. Uh, I, I have no idea if anybody still uses it. I We've do. got one from 2007. Mike still uses it. From 2007. <laughs> <laughs> so can I... Uh, 
I, I prepared a, a little something different. And before we get to what the young <laughs> guns are going to teach you that we taught them, <laughs> I would like to say that uh, if you're in business for yourself, and I want to know my audience, so I want everybody here who is in business for themselves to please stand up. Can I stand up? Yeah. <laughs> Over half the room. All right. Thank you very much. Don't sit down yet. <laughs> so now the big question is, everybody here who's in business for themselves that has a written plan on what you want to do this year, 2018, whether it's a budget or just some notes or anything written down, continue to stand, the rest of you sit down. That is fabulous. Give yourself a hand. So what I wish I had learned in 1980 was write it down. Yep. It doesn't matter how big your plan is, how sophisticated. Today, mine is less than uh, a quarter page. It has a few good numbers on it that I keep in my notebook all year long. Really but big I, font. I'm sorry? Really big font. Really big font. <laughs> There's only room for a couple of numbers on there. But writing it down was the single most important thing that when I finally heard it and listened and actually did it, was significantly improved my business. I made significantly more money myself after I wrote it down. So that is the, the biggest piece of advice that I can give you from the grandfather level. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Okay. Who would like to hear from Joseph Irons? I would. All right. Who would not like to hear from Joseph Irons? <laughs> Just kidding. Joseph, you want to take it away? Sure. <laughs> Before Joseph starts. Are you going to change it up on us? No, I was just going to tell them a little bit about what you did in a uh, very hard time when everybody was doing everything they could to stay in business. Joseph chaired the Remodelers Council how many years in a row? Two. Two years in a row. I thought it was three. But two years is still pretty impressive. If you count, Mike's It felt like four. <laughs> and then Mike was there the year before. Yeah. So we should probably start off maybe this segment, since I, I did predate um, Joseph by a, a couple of years, and we're getting into the 2000s. This as, is as true, scripted. yes. Um, you all remember the Y2K bug? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> December 31st, 1999 happened on what day? Remember what day of the week it was? It was a Friday. People were freaking out because the whole weekend would just sit there and fizzle and burn and melt and all that stuff. And they'd wake up Monday morning without having their spreadsheets and their forecasts and their, you know, they'd have to go back to putting their bags on for God's sake. Yeah. So um, we started off this uh, this panel discussion kind of idea, uh, I don't know, idolizing the um, the millennial generation, the 2000s plus, and we've seen quite a bubble um, through the dot-coms and through the uh, uh, other ups and downs prior to that, but uh, the 2000s plus, we've had two big bubbles that have occurred, and um, we've survived them. And the Remodelers Council has been um, very stable throughout that whole up and down um, through the economy. 
and like I said earlier, we've relied on each other to share each other's uh, employees in the past. We've also re relied on each other to share each other's numbers, and we've done some statistical analysis to some degree, nothing really official, but it's stuff like, uh, what do you guys pay for uh, for your like all your benefits? I mean, what kind of give me a, give me kind of a percentage on on wages, or uh, do you cover mileage, or when you let our vehicles, do you buy those vehicles for the guys, or I mean, all those kind of benefits stuff. Um, you know, what, what kind of insurance are you carrying? And we found that the MBA is pretty stable in, in offering um, L&I coverage. So we share a lot of information and that's what the council's really about. It's, it's sharing ideas and becoming uh, responsible to each other as well as ourselves. And so um, the stronger the, the bond is there, the stronger the council is. And that's kind of the one thing I wanted to share tonight. Uh, I got started when I was in, I don't know, eighth grade and really had a leg up because I had a chance to work through all the stuff that these guys have been talking about with uh, my folks going to national and doing presentations and they just lay it out there. They'd say stuff like, here's how we estimate, here's how we pay our staff, here's how we run our jobs, here, go do it. And it'd be an audio book or a paper file and they knew full well that in order to go do it, you have to initiate it yourself. And so they knew that maybe 3% of the room would actually do it, but that's okay. Non-competing market, go have fun with it, go do it. In the competing market, you know, no skin off our back, there's plenty of work to go around. And the idea is if you can raise the level of awareness and sophistication in your own industry, you raise the bar for everyone. So several years ago, we're talking about like, I don't know, maybe the early 2000s, there was this idea among the Remodelers Council, like how do we continue to increase the bar? How do we get ourselves beyond just the recognition of having a CGR or a CAPS or a GMB or all the other acronyms you get behind your name? It's how do you get uh, to a point where you not only can charge what you are worth and what people will pay, but also that you can be respected for it. And we found that CGR caps, all those things were not being um, at the national level and certainly at the local level, uh, any, anything of, uh, it wasn't sticking with our customers. It wasn't really being marketed well. So we're like, how do we continue to market, market, market? And so we uh, put up booths in the uh, home show and we'd be out in front of people and we would put together catalogs and, and all this stuff and have, this is presented by your remodelers council this is the stuff that the consumer needs to know about the Remodelers Council. And by the way, if somebody's not a member of the Remodelers Council, don't choose them to do your remodel on your house. They're, they may not be insured, they may not have these accreditations, and they're certainly not sharing these, uh, knowledge, this knowledge with their peers. So the 2000s has been kind of this morphing into uh, knowledge and sharing and kind of growth through um, an ever-changing market, and we've got the microwave age now in customers. They want it now, they want it cheap, they want it good, but you can't have all three. There's no equation that puts all three of those together unless you're working in a third world country where they don't pay their people. So costs keep going up. We have all this um, you know, inflationary pressure, and, um, and one of the reasons one of our peers is no longer with us tonight uh, in his business, he's still with us, but um, one of our peers shut down his business because he just got pressured from all those uh, things and he just said, I'm out of here, I can't do this anymore. So it's a very difficult business, not for everyone, and um, my hat's off to everyone up here at this panel and all of you who, who run your own businesses, uh, either by yourselves or certainly with your spouses, because <clears throat> I think everyone here can attest to the fact that running a business with your spouse, with the exception of a friend here, <laughs> Um, is a very difficult thing to do, and it's it's very rare. So, just wanted to kind of cover all that in a nutshell. Joseph, Joseph bring it home. Yeah. 
Actually, I'd rather hear Melissa because. <laughs> well, I couldn't do it without my wife, Melissa. So as hard as it is to run a company with your spouse, I think it's one of the best things for a remodeler to do is have someone that's that committed. Because yeah. as much as I had to learn the hard way, is whoever you hire as a staff, they're never going to be a hundred percent like you. They may be 99, 98, but your spouse is always going to be the hundred percent. So the ones that do it, you guys know that, and they're yeah. going to be committed to the end. Um, how did I get into business? I started my oldest brother. I was actually selling timeshares and or phone sales. I make it sound better. Timeshares. I was in a phone room in Kirkland, just oh. calling people, trying to get them booked as a go on a timeshare sales presentation. Maybe some of you. Um, <laughs> but my brother was doing construction. I did it when I was little. I mean, he was remodeling hotels and other commercial properties, and I always thought it was fun. I like Legos. I like building things. I like wood shop, metal shop. I said, sure, I'll make some extra money. Um, then I started a company with him in '99. And I called a company, and it's one we consider starting the company, but we were just two guys making wages. Uh, we weren't learning how to become a business. The Remodelers Council taught me how to become a business. Um, about four years after I was in business, me and my brother went separate ways because um, he was more checking the truck and wanted to do everything. And I'm like, no, we need to manage it, treat it like a business. We need to be able to take vacations. We need to hire people that can do it. We need to hire smarter people than us to do it. Um, and that's how you succeed. Hire smarter people, smarter carpenters, smarter people around you. Um, I joined the MBA in 2003, I believe, um, and it was mainly I was walking through the home show and going, seeing all the ads in the yellow pages. They were still around then. Um, <laughs> and I would see the ads, and I'm like, what's this MBA logo? Everybody has this. This must be something important. They must know something more than I do. So I stopped at the booth, talked to West Hill, who was a veteran remodeler, oh, yeah. um, who sold me on why I should be a member. I'm like, I'm sold. I see everyone else said somebody has it. I need to be a part of that group. Um, shortly after I joined, I went to a general membership dinner because they give you a nice welcome package. Say, here's a free mother's dinner. Here's a free general membership dinner. I showed up my brother at the time wearing jeans, just going off a work site. And I'm like, holy, sh this is recorded. I'll be nice. Um, I'm like, I'm not really dressed for this because um, I'm, you know, just boots on the ground, building, swinging a hammer, being in a crawl space and show up. Um, but I realized sitting there, and I can't remember who the speaker was, an ex-NFL player that was very motivational. I was like, wow, this is good stuff. I need to come to more. Then I got sucked into Remodelers Council dinner because I had another free pass. <laughs> Met some amazing people. They didn't acknowledge me because, like, who's this guy? Um, I remember Mike a couple times, like, no, Mike, I'm Joseph. We met ten times. And then, uh, <clears throat> then from there, I mean, uh, I got involved with philanthropy through the Master Builders, doing a Rampathon program. We've been doing it, I think, over a dozen years now. Um, which is great. I mean, it's a feeling of giving back, the feeling of being part of a group um, that can do that and that supports it. Um, other things I've done through the NBA, the Rex Awards, I remember the first time I saw Donna there, she was a president, I think, at the time, so it was 05, probably. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who's this gorgeous lady that owns a place that's walking through with <laughs> Riley next to her, who's her bodyguard? And I'm, I'm like, Melissa, she looks important. Um, but ever since then, I mean, we've been, I've been friends with everyone across this. I think yeah. someone said, Mike said, you elevate it, so when you're Talking to people, I don't, I don't feel it's competition when I'm competing with someone from the Mother's Council. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're going to hire who you want to do business with. And I've referred work, I think, to everyone, every one of you on, on this panel up here and many in the room. And some of them even referred work mm -hmm. back to us. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as far as that, it's not competition. We're offering the same high right. level of service. Mm -hmm. We all share our secrets. If there's something that, you know, I don't know, <laughs> I'm going to call one of these. I'm going to call, even text some of them. Um, and we'll get responses and you know the biggest thing about being a member and being involved someone's gonna pick up your phone call um, I saw Nathan <laughs> over there I actually spoke to him before he's a member and tried to get him a member I'm glad he's here 
Um, and he's actually from my hometown, Shoreline. I don't know if you remember that phone call a little while ago. Um, but to be a RC member, you're gonna have friendships, you're gonna have camaraderie, um, through the ups and downs. Mike said we started at Y2K. I started my company in 99, so the first recession was then. I didn't really know how to run a company then, so I did, was still making wages, it wasn't that bad. Um, but when 2008 hit, and I was your mother's chair in 2009 and 10, through the good times, um, 10 was our <laughs> roughest year, but Ooh. 08 I knew a lot of people, good friends of yours, that all closed their shops because they couldn't handle that recession. Um, and many people now are closing because it's so busy and it's tough to maintain as well. Um, but going through the, the hard times, it was nice to be able to talk to other remodelers and colleagues and go, yeah. What are you doing? How are you making? How are you making it work? What are you cutting? What are you, how are you making your, you know, done lumber's lowering its price? Thank you. They don't always raise them, um, <laughs> but you know, as far as having a, that camaraderie to go through the good and bad times, I mean, it's priceless. You know, everyone on the on the council, we refer work to council members before we refer to anyone, yeah. and we tell the public hire mother's council member because they're going to be higher educated. They're going to know the industry. They're going to know the latest and greatest stuff because they're getting updated on it. Uh, many of them, many of us, have designations, whether certified graduate modeler, master modeler, um, aging in place specialist. The education is probably the biggest thing that got me to join and stay involved because um, I went and started going to classes and again learned how to be a business owner. Um, it was easy to swing a hammer and thought I invented carpentry sometimes, um, <laughs> and then realized I didn't really know anything about running a company. And being around these people here, Gary said he taught us, well, you taught me a lot of what not to do and what to do. Um, <laughs> many of us have faults and, you know, going to education, I've been going to a modeler show and builder show for over a decade every year, even though my wife was mad a couple times when we had pregnancies close to them. So you better be home. Um, but going there, you know, fortunately now everything's, you know, you scan with your phone and you get a yep. little thumb drive. Half the stuff I can look on the internet. I was born with cordless tools and mm -hmm. technology mm -hmm. and phones that were, you know, fit in a back pocket, not yeah. a briefcase, uh, <laughs> which makes life a lot easier. So, I mean, there's a lot of benefits we had. The recession was probably the biggest thing, and, and I don't want to dwell on it, but it was a tough on everyone in the room. And me and my wife, as we look at the board and how far we're booked out, it's just a blessing to see what our economy is. Um, yeah. And I'd like to see everyone grow with us and grow, you know, in the booming economy and not make silly mistakes. Because personally, I think we have a good five years without having hiccups from a lot of things I've seen. So I see it. I mean, Seattle's just building and building with a light rail. Yeah. Um, Labor is our biggest problem and a shortage. And that's going to be the thing we have to look at. Most of us in the room are hiring more skilled people. So there's a little more of those people out there, I think. Um, but not the young people getting in the field. So, I mean, workforce development's big, trying to get younger people seeing construction and carpentry um, as a business and being the entrepreneurial spirit as well as you know being proudful of what they're doing. Um, everyone that's a carpenter builder, they like building things. You love seeing what you built. And I mean, I know that's why I started it and that's why I still do it. I'm trying to see if there's anything else I want to, you know, branding is one thing nobody touched on. It's branding your company. Um, every, I have a company shirt on under this. Um, everyone on here I know have company shirts and hats and vehicles. Mm -hmm. A brand is big. I mean, get the brand behind you. I see Shirey here, or at least wearing it proud. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we put our Irons Brothers logo on everything, but we also work in a small area, and we couldn't do that if we didn't take pride in what we did and do good quality work. Um, when people see an Irons Brothers logo, they know that it's quality, they know that people can stand behind it. And I would say the same with the Remodelers Council logo. When people see that, we have a good group of members here. It's a, a lead of remodeling. Um, we're not just anybody that joins a club. It's 
everyone in here is looking out for each other and looking out for the industry. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I have. Did I miss anything? I know I'm looking at the oh, clock. That's is wonderful. Uh, and I have more questions, but I'd like to open it up and walk through. Is there anybody here that has any questions? Yes, Tracy. Tracy, you can't ask a question. Yes, <laughs> I can. Potter. I can leave the room. Gary Potter, you know I can. Who is a certified graduate remodeler? Please stand up. Oh. Well. Who is a certified graduate associate? Please stand up. And graduate. Certified graduate remodelers continue standing. Who is the CGA, Certified Graduate Associate? We need to truly promote these accreditations so that the general public knows who to trust. And we need to ask this at every remodeler's meeting. This should be asked at the very beginning of the meeting. And I'm embarrassed that we're not doing that. So, Brandon? Easy to fix. (laughs) Just so you know, that's how I feel. I hope we can do that from now on. Yeah, not to control the room, but I do want to make a point that um, it is important to make sure you, you when we used to have our board meetings, we would go around the room and we would introduce ourselves with our accreditations. And if you didn't, you were chastised. And you know what I'm talking about, Donna. (laughs) Because Donna would chastise me if I didn't say CGR caps. But I wanted to also illustrate the importance that it is, in, at least in my upbringing, how much uh, the importance of education. My uh, father was the first uh, CGR in the state of Washington. Uh, tra- uh, my wife, my wife uh, Tracy, was, uh, no, I'm sorry, let me go back. Uh, my mother was the first CGR woman in the state of Washington. I was the first CGR second generation in the state. So we, we really put a lot of impetus on that. And when CAPS first came out, I think you and I were at the same inaugural CAPS yeah. rollout down in Florida, when that, that we were trying to figure out how the program was gonna work. We were there kind of as our guinea pigs. So, cap, CAPS is, oh, do, who does not know what CAPS is? I don't. Okay, Certified Aging in Place Specialist. It's a designation, it's not a certification, but the idea was that there was like a, a flight across the country and, a, and a, a high-ranking official with the NAHB and a high-ranking official with the AARP were on a, sharing uh, first class together. And they started talking, they said, how does, the remodelers group help the aging population live better in the homes that don't adapt to their potential disabilities. And so they came up with this program that put us through living in that uh, environment with you know, like smeared glasses and a tennis ball yeah. with a sock over it. And you had to go to lunch <clears throat> and not step over curbs and people would look at you funny and ask to help. And, and go to the bathroom. And Yeah, and you have all this gear on, you're like, okay, now I know what glaucoma and you know, not having the dexterity yeah. is like. And so they put you through that program on one day and then the second day was all about the, the ADA requirements and stuff. And you'd get out of this as a certification that you could go adapt homes for our aging population. It was all about the baby boomers. What we found though is that people that design <laughs> these programs into their every design, if you have a three foot doorway everywhere and if you have, you know, you have five foot turning radiuses and, 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 and roll in showers, all that kind of stuff. You can even put blocking all the way around every wall in the bathrooms. So you can put a grab bar wherever you want. It makes it adaptable for everyone in every project we do. So what we've done is we've just built that into a lot of our projects, unless it's second floor and there's no elevator. But to, to think that far ahead, you can actually um, you know, adapt this stuff to people that when they do get in a, car inju- in a car accident, they get an injury, and then they go, oh my gosh, I'm so glad they thought of this stuff. 
um, it's value added that, that uh, or when you get my age. <laughs> Does uh, anybody remember where Gary parked his wheelchair? <laughs> <laughs> Before Melissa speaks, I was going to say, get involved if you're not involved in the council. There's lots of committees and meetings. Uh, before this, we have an executive meeting, and I believe that's open to the members. Um, we also have a Remodel Excellence Awards Committee. If you're an associate, that's a good one to get involved with because you get to pick all the fun stuff, but remodelers are welcome too. And we have the Remodel's Home Tour. So if you want to promote a home on a home tour, get involved with that committee up front. Um, all those are good ways to network and get to know people better. We all do business with people we know, like, and trust. Most of these people I got to know on committees and other things. So step up, you're gonna get far more out of it than you put in. Um, so if you're a member, a new member, not as much of a new member, but an old member that's not involved, get involved. That's all. That's all. That's all. On a home tour is a great opportunity to grow your business. Um, I mean, one, I've learned a lot from the master builders. I mean, every year they do a board retreat, and I started doing that in my company last year, where we bring everyone out on the leadership side. Actually, everyone and their families go out and do planning for the next year. I used to be one of those people in the room that said, do you have something written down? I'm like, sort of, um, but I didn't. I mean, I didn't have it written down like I need to. The more planning you do, you're going to be as successful as us up here. I mean, you got to write it down. You have to do it. Um, but as far as the remodel home tour, we do 75% of our business is repeat and referral clients. And the reason we get that, because we're really good at what we do, but that only represents 25% of our volume. 75% of our volume, as far as dollar-wise, comes from new clients that we get from the home show or remodel home tour. So as far as a way to grow your business, if you want to get more volume, and which that's when you get a lot of business, Gary. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, but if you want to raise that volume, you need to be out there. You need to be at the home tour. You need to be at the home shows. Um, our existing clients are great, but you know, once we do a big addition, they want to do a little, not a little bath, and we still love them. But as far as volume-wise, it's a lot less. So I was told by my husband that I can only ask one question. Um, before I do that, if anyone is interested in the CAPS class, Joseph Myers actually is a certified instructor and uh, is teaching one next week at the Master Builders. And it's actually three days now, not just two. Um, so you well, can check the MBA calendar. CAPS 3 is brand new as of this year. So it's a brand new, they updated all mm -hmm. the courses. So everything is new and improved. Um, so yeah, please join me. It's three days at the Master Builders Association of Fun. So that's not exactly my question. Um, my question is to all the panelists, excluding my husband, because I know what we're doing in our business. What are you doing now that you are blessed with so much work to remain resilient in an industry that is infiltrated with so many contractors that are not Master Builders members? Hmm. I can, s can you repeat that? <laughs> How do you differentiate yourself from your competition? Got so what, what, what am I doing to remain resilient? In, in an industry with so much business and so much competition from non-master builders members. <clears throat> well, I, I'm not noticing much competition from anybody right now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not. <clears throat> the um, lack of skilled labor is, 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 is a big one right there. Um, Wow. Um, 
Huh. I think for me, the, 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 the excitement that I have right now is, is Brandon is taking off. I mean, there, 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 there's the resiliency there in the, in the, in the youth and the, the new blood coming into the industry. Um, for me, I just, I just work out regularly, eat my vitamins, and get up and go to work. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So if you watch your, your business succession plan is breeding. Say what? <laughs> Breeding. Yeah. <laughs> I see that your son is here. Yes, I, it's working for you. Right. How long ago did you take over for Jack? Uh, I bought the company in 2008. Good year. He sold it high. I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think Walter Stoppelworth taught you that. Did no. He? No. No. The day traders did. <laughs> so um, I was thinking about. One of the things that's hard for a lot of remodelers is knowing how to hire people. So we've done some work and we've taken classes on it, but the biggest thing we have is an assessment. And it takes an hour and a half to two hours for a carpenter to fill it out. So you find out how much they know and how much they don't know. So uh, it's really helped us a lot uh, separating the men from the boys because there is a lot of bad construction out there and uh, the handyman part of our company sees that um, and we're good at fixing it. <coughs> but um, this assessment has been such a wonderful thing uh, to help us hire people. Did you build that assessment yourself? No, we got it from a, a contractor in Spokane, and he made me promise that I would not pass it on to anybody else. I've had lots of people ask me for it, but I have to keep my promise to him. We have a 25-question questionnaire for carpenters, and we'll be glad to share it with you. <laughs> And if you have any questions to add to it, it's always nice. But if you ask a guy what's a soffit and he doesn't know, probably not a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> we are resilient uh, by, well, Lori, what, what do we do? What we do is we don't let me go to meetings in the office anymore because I would say things like, um, oh, we've tried that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Okay. That was profound. Um, <laughs> I think it's getting late. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the thing we've been finding is you get, you know, you get prospects on the website, you get prospects through house, you get prospects through all these different web outfits. But the ones that call in are the ones that I find are more interesting. Uh, they're typically the ones that are frustrated because nothing else has worked and they've talked to four contractors but nobody's returning their calls. So I'm finding that as long as your promotional materials say, call us, we'll call you back, then you're probably gonna do pretty well in this market. <laughs> as long as you call them back. Yeah. Any other questions? Good. <laughs> really? Oh, All right, you do have one more thing now. Okay. I got a quick one. Oh. Just wondering if you look back and you had the chance to either go the path you went or go into another industry, do something different, what would you do? 
So I have no regrets, but I would not want to start over and do it again. After next year, we'll celebrate 20 years, but it was a long 20 years and a lot of work. Um, I mean, I always joke and say, being a business owner, you just get to pick what 12 hours a day you work, and it's pretty true. I mean, me and my wife work a lot. Um, this week, I probably have 60 hours in, and it's only what Thursday. Um, but I choose that, but then again, I may take all next week off if I want. Um, but I have to hire good people to make sure they're taking care of our clients. And like Mike said, you can put it out there saying you're going to call, call us back. Um, Communication is key, you know, no matter what you do. But as far as mm -hmm. what we, I mean, no regrets. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything, but I would hate to start over and do it again. Just because of what I built makes my life a lot easier now with all the systems in place. And a lot of that's from learning from these people here. We have a similar test and we add to it and it's good to have good friends because you can share that you can talk about the questions you ask and applicants because um, in the end our employees are our business so when you're talking about hiring i mean that's key mm -hmm. you know i've made a lot of bad decisions and i just make sure i don't repeat them um, so getting systems in place makes sure that my life's a lot easier later on but almost every one of our company policies and procedures i could name a staff over the 20 years that it relates to like, we're not going to let that happen again. Let's make sure we have something. Um, I'm a first-generation contractor. Mike was fortunate enough to inherit all the bad stuff and great <laughs> stuff his parents did, um, which is good and bad. There's pros on each side. I mean, yeah. he has systems and expectations people had that he says, no, I'm a new blood, new generation. I want to change it. I got to write all the rules because I started. Unfortunately, I didn't know all the rules I should have wrote to start with. I sort of had to lean on people and go, oh, crap, this happened. What do I do? So we have a, a training program that everyone in the company uses. Um, it's called Sandler Sales. And Sandler, we met them at a remodeler's console way back when. How long ago was that? It's been at least 10 years, I think. Uh, 20. Um, he always says, when you're hiring people, hire slow and fire fast. And we try to do that. So this sales coaching has been a fantastic thing for our business. And we have uh, in the past had all our carpenters go through it as well. Uh, and we teach them how to talk to people because communication is a core value of our company. And every time something happens that we want it to be different, it's generally because of communication. So that's a real important one. All right, we need to start winding down, but before we do, I'd like each of you to send us away with one piece of information or one bit of wisdom in 30 seconds. Uh, my, my piece would be, uh, for all of you who have written plans, is move on to getting a coach. Uh, somebody who bounce ideas off, somebody not your wife, <laughs> give you objective feedback, a good coach. They don't have to be in the business, but that has been significantly helpful for me. Really? You don't have any? Um, I had one, but you just took, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, mine would be differentiation. Um, we talked about marketing, branding. If you have something that you hold dear <clears throat> and you want somebody to know about, make sure that you project that in a way that means something to you train your company to, to run that way, and then uh, market it. And you'll find that you're gonna grab the people that uh, are attracted to you. It's kind of like a birds of feather flock together kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of the 
piece I would offer. Also, before I give up the microphone, um, just real quickly, <laughs> Gary Potter is one of our legends, and he was roasted, what, four years ago? Jack <laughs> Tenholzen did the roast, he was the roasted person before that, we did Gary, and then we stopped doing roasts. If you'd like to see the roast come back again, talk to our council chair, and he will make sure that we find the next roast I still have my notes. Yeah. <clears throat> That's why I retired. Because I was roasted, I figured it's... Put a fork in him, he's done. Yeah. Um, my thing is education, and that means read, read, read. There are so many fabulous books out there about construction and all parts of it. There's marketing stuff. So I would encourage you to pick a book and whether we read 10 pages a day, 30 pages a day, just keep after it and that's a great way to learn. Education is important. Read, read, read. Well, I love education. Um, <laughs> for me, I go to the remodeler show because I can only read so much and I just fall asleep. Um, but the remodeler show, you can see a lot of hands-on. You can see people present things, talk to other remodelers that are now consultants or actually practicing remodelers. Um, so for me, go to the remodeler show, take some notes. Remember, you, someone told me you can only change three things in your business. You're going to go out of business. So go there, be innovative, but don't change everything up. Just take little curves, you know, get the company where you want, but take those small steps and invest. Other thing I was going to say is hire for attitude and train the skill. Hmm. Many times we try to hire the most qualified person, but they have the worst attitude and they don't last as long. So That's when you're good. hiring, yeah. look for the attitude, then train <coughs> the skills and the systems you have. Okay, <clears throat> something to, to watch for. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> excuse me. In the 80s, the remodeling industry took off. And by the end of the 80s, there were a, a, a whole bunch more consumer protection laws. You know, because of unregistered contractors doing uh, shoddy work. I remember Jack Tenholz and used to say that we're the guys with the, with the white hats. We wear the white hats. We're out there. We're doing. We're trying to do it right. We're trying to, to uh, you know, own and operate uh, legal entities and and uh, do it by the book. But doing it by the book has become increasingly more and more difficult, and the cost of compliance has 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 in increased. Doing what we do today is a lot more difficult than, than the way it, it used to be. And with this boom in remodeling happening now and unregistered people out there doing all sorts of work, it could be that in another 10 years we have a whole bunch more consumer protection laws, the cost of what we're doing, what we do continues to go up. <clears throat> um, so just be aware and um, be watchful. Thank you. Thank you.